to Benedettiville. This is Gio Benedetti. I am all alone in the studio today. Who's <laughs> very lonely in here? Uh, it's actually, it's, it is lonely in here because Jenny, Stella, and Emmeline are back at home just chilling because it's vacation time, you guys. It's summertime. And we said that for our vacation, we were going to be sending in our best of Benedettiville, that we weren't even going to be doing live shows, but we broke the rule today because we're back from vacation. We're here in Petaluma. And what better place could you possibly be than in the studios of KPCS? The answer is no other place, by the way, if, if that was confusing anybody out there. We've got an amazing show for you because we are bringing you our um, Mission Impossible, the manja, if you guys remember, all of you, all of you faithful listeners out there. We're going to bring you both parts of that today. We're going to bring you a story from the podcast that we used to broadcast uh, many moons ago. It's about a hippo and a grocery store. And we have a beautiful interview with Mr. Brian Christensen of Brian's Comics here in our very own Petaluma, California. So without further ado, let's get on with the show and let's start it with a word from our sponsors. times a day. Maybe you're not as connected to it because it's not your kid. But hey, uh, I'm the one running the dial, so you guys get to listen to what I choose. Intoxicating power here at the radio station. Um, before we get on with our Mission Impossible manja part one, I would like to read you a poem in my ongoing quest to become Shel Silverstein. Uh, we went to the mountains camping, and we had a great time. And uh, this is inspired by camping in the mountains. <clears throat> It's called mountain naming. We went camping in the mountains, and we stared at distant peaks. We marveled at the crags, the cliffs, the alpine lakes, and creeks. A mountain sat, a heap of rock, heavy, massive, bold. It still wore snow upon its crown. Its roots were deep and old. So what was named this mighty king who stood so strong and tall? What noble title did it bear, towering over all? I thought perhaps the ancient king, or maybe Mount of Fire. Or tall majestic tower rock, or home of eagle flyers, I dubbed the mountain Cannon Top. I called it Lord Volcano. 
Should it be named the craggy face of lava? I should say so. The rock that spits out molten earth and scorches all the land. I thought that name a bit too long, though still quite apt and grand. How about, I mused, Peak Eversnow, or mayhaps Rumble Doom, or She Who Sits and Watches All and Sometimes Goes Kaboom! I thought of names both long and short. I thought of heaps of names. I thought of five gazillion names, and no two were the same. I finally went and asked my dad, What's that big mountain called? Mount Lassen, he replied to me. Mount Lassen? That was all? It seemed a pretty measly name. It seemed a tad bit lazy. To think the mountain's name was just Mount Lassen was, well, crazy. That's why I'm off to school. I'll work hard all night and night to be a namer for the mountains and finally get it right. So, if anybody out there has any power in the mountain naming uh, portion of our society and culture, if you could work on naming the mountains a little bit better, more apropos to their majesty and uh, triumphant greatness, that would be very much appreciated instead of just picking an explorer who happened to wander by said mountain at some random point. You can't just call it Mount Lassen. Come on, let's put some effort into it. As a team, as a culture, we can do better. All right, enough from me. Let's hear what's happening in Postopolis. In a secret room in a secret building somewhere deep below the city of Postopolis, a written on a delicious sheet of lasagna has been delivered. That can only mean one thing, that our daring agents of good, agents Fenway and Linguini, have been given another mission. Another a mission in That's a spicy meatball. not getting bored, Penny. I was finally getting to try out some of these new cookbooks that my noni got me for my birthday. All oh, this so Well, great. it's time to put the chef's hat away, piece of a brain. Aww. We've got a mission. Here we are. Agents Penny and Linguini. We have uncovered yet another secret hideout of Don's Spaghetti. He has been using secret rooms connected to the famous restaurant Manja. Hey, that's the same name as one of the cookbooks that my noni got me. Manja. Hey, that means eat in Italian. Did you know that that was my very first word? Linguini. Manja. Linguini, pay attention. Oh, oh, yes, oh, no, where was I? I don't know. Uh, here. Okay. He's been using secret rooms connected to the famous restaurant Manja as the base of operations for his latest evil scheme. Fake olive oil. That's so oh. evil. 
There's an underground factory beneath the restaurant where they take all the restaurant's leftovers, the garbage, and the dirty laundry, and they throw them all into a giant melting pot and boil it all down into oil. Ew. Then they sell it at very expensive prices as extra fancy olive oil. Oh, terrible. It is not only disgusting, it is against the law. Uh-oh. To get into the restaurant, you'll need the help of undercover agents Capellini and Farfalle. They have been working undercover as waitresses at Manja for months. They will assist you once you get in. They will know which waitresses are agents by using the agent's secret identification code. Your mission is this. Listen up. Get into the restaurant, Manja. Shut down the olive oil factory and capture Don's spaghetti. Right. Now eat this message before it can fall into the wrong hands. Okay, yeah, that was a big message, which means more lasagna for me. Come here, you sweet little message. Oh, mm, oh, oh, it's extra garlicky today. It's delicious. Phew! We said garlic bread somewhere else. We need to get ready. Linguini, Agents Capellini and Fafari are going to be waiting for us stasera. Uh, what does stasera mean? It means tonight. Didn't you know me ever teach you anything? Yeah, yeah, sure she did. She taught me to never burn the sofrito. She taught me how to fill ravioli. She taught me how to sneak the biscotti when my no-no wasn't looking. That's I said no. Oh, yeah. Now, come on. We need to get to that restaurant. Right, old Penny. I can't wait. We're going to go to Manja. I'm going to wear my best bib. And find a mint or a gum or something. Your breath is terrible. Okay, Later that night, dressed in their finest clothes, our pair of snazzy spies walked down the red carpet towards the heavy gold-encrusted door of Manja, Pastopolis's finest restaurant. They are met at the entrance by two young waitresses. That means welcome to Manja. Would you like a table for two? And that means, would you like a table for two? Don't get funny. We're on a mission. Also, your breath is still awful. Now it just smells like garlic from a few hours ago. Blech. Now, the Queen, remember the secret identification codes for agents. We have to see if these waitresses are our undercover contacts. Secret identification codes? Yeah, yeah, I mean... Uh, do I remember those? Of course you don't remember the codes. Well, keep quiet and follow my lead, garlic bread. <clears throat> yes, we would like a table for two. Also, <clears throat> I hear the risotto is good here, especially with extra pepper. Oh, yeah, extra pepper. And also, I recommend a secret sauce. The secret sauce is excellent. But whatever you do, don't order the spaghetti. But, wait, what? I, I heard that the spaghetti here was delicious. You know, I was even thinking about ordering the spaghetti alle vongole because clams are in season, you know? I didn't know This is all part of the secret identification code. Oh, yeah. Hey, is that why you guys are talking so funny and waggling around your eyebrows so much? Now, be quiet. Also, every time you say something, I feel my eyes starting to water. Really stinky. I'm sorry. I hate spaghetti. Mm-hmm. Hey. But, but I love spaghetti. It's the code, Linguini. Say 
Okay, okay. I hate spaghetti. Nice to meet you, fellow agents. My name is Agent Farfalla. And I'm Agent Green. We're very glad you're here. Oh, and I am very glad that I'm here. It smells delicious. Let's sit down and order right away. Come on. Yes, that's the plan. We'll see you at that table there, near the bathroom. We will bring you the appetizer. Sitting inside the appetizer like two keys. There are secret doors behind the mirrors in both bathrooms. The keys will unlock the secret doors. Unlock the doors and follow the passageway. The passageway will lead you to the order. Um, so, so do we eat the appetizers? Also, what are the specials? Linguini, if you complete this mission, I'll buy you everything in the restaurant, but no eating until the mission is complete. Capisce? Yeah, capito. Ben, now Capolini and I will take you Penne and Linguini are escorted by our undercover agents to an elegant table set with candles and shining silverware. It is very near the entrance to the bathroom. Here you are. Your appetizers will be out shortly. Thanks. Uh, that's an appetizer that we can't eat. That's not an appetizer. That's like a... It's a hungritizer. You're gonna get a slapatizer if you don't snap out of your food dreams and get on with our mission. You remember the plan? Yeah, yeah, I remember the plan. Okay, here are your appetizers. Enjoy. Take these minutes. If there's any trouble, crack them apart. That will activate our agent's alarms. Thanks. You found your key, Linguini? Yeah, yeah, I got my key. All right. I'll head for the bathroom. And I'll be in my bathroom, right? I'll see you in the secret passageway. And so, moments later, in their respective bathrooms... Take them away, my ghouls. Oh, 
Uh, you heard the boss. Now come along to the factory. There are a few rules with this. Rule one, be quiet. Rule two, don't try and get away. We are professional goons. It won't work. Rule three, please walk carefully and respectfully down to your terrible oily tube, okay? Okay, let's go. Hey, I can't reach my meat. It's in my front pocket, but I'm tied up too tight. These goons are real pros, Penny. I can't budge these nuts at all. Quit your chit-chat, you two. Yeah, that was the first rule that I just got done telling you. Now, come on, keep moving. Keep going on. And so we must leave our heroes this week, trust and tide being led to their doom below the streets of Postopolis, while the wicked Don Spaghetti enjoys a warm and delicious bowl of risotto. Will this be the end of our agents? Will evil prevail? Will the risotto be rich, creamy, yet still have that perfect al dente texture and well-balanced flavors? Find out in next week's conclusion to... Mission Impossible! I love Mission Impossible! Uh, hey folks, you're listening to Benedettiville Small Town Adventures here on KPCA in Petaluma, California. And you just heard Stella and Emmeline making their debut with Mission Impossible as special agents Capellini and Farfalle. Um, it's really exciting to be able to do that kind of stuff, and I think they do a fine job. Um, we're going to do the second half of the Mission Impossible uh, manja episode, and it'll be coming up right after an interview. But before we do the interview... I saw this lovely uh, community uh, announcement that I get to read right here in the studio, and I'm pretty excited about it. So I'd like to share with you uh, about the Petalama Comedy Festival that we're going to have for the very first time this summer in our very own town. It's going to be August 16th to 18th, and it's going to feature a ton of different stand-up comedy, some themed shows, live podcasts, and more. The shows will be at the Mystic Theater, the Big Easy, and at Copperfields Books, and all around downtown Petaluma. Thursday will feature stand-up from Brian Posehn and a handful of great comedians working with Petaluma-based comedy production company Blonde Medicine. Friday will bring the Squire Brothers, Scott Thompson from Kids in the Hall. From Kids in the Hall? Are you hearing me, you guys? Todd Glass with a live jazz band at the Big Easy, and more. Saturday's full lineup will be announced soon, but already includes a live taping of the Crab Feast podcast and a live show of KPCA's own Benedettiville at the Mystic. The show is all ages. The festival is sponsored by Petaluma-based sponsors like Hotel Petaluma, Revive Kombucha, and the festival will be raising funds for Petaluma Paints, which is a nonprofit organization dedicated to the goal of teaching traditional academic subjects through a variety of artistic mediums, including drawing, painting, sculpting, design, textiles, clay, collage, and more. For more information, visit www.petalama.com. That's going to be a ball. Anyway, check out the information, petalama.com, if you're into it. And now, segue of all segues, 
the first time we ever met Blue the Puppet. He showed up at uh, Ben Davidville headquarters, and he came in, and we're like, "Well, this guy is super cool. Check out that blue goatee." And look, he's got vinyl under his arm, all old Blue Note jazz records. This guy must be hip as hip can be. And we said, Blue, who do you want to interview? He said, I want to interview Brian from Brian's Comics because I'm just really fascinated about superheroes. And we said, Blue, that's a great idea. Why don't you do that as your very first introduction to our show? And why don't you capture that interview so that we can hear what Brian's all about? And he did that. He did exactly that, which we will play for you. Right now. Blue, take it away. Hey, guys. Uh, this is Blue. Uh, I'm here with Brian. Hey, Brian. Hey, hey, Blue. How's it going? Yeah, it's going real good, man. Hey, thanks for thanks for talking to me. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, now, my first question is an important one. How would you describe a comic book to someone who really has no idea what it is? Um, like, maybe me. Well... The best way to describe a comic book is it's it's like any other normal book, only it has pictures to go along with the words. Oh, yeah. So you're kind of, as you read the story, you're seeing what is being described in picture form. Uh, hey, Brian, I want to tell you something. Uh, pictures were always my favorite part of books. Mm-hmm. And as I got older, everybody said I had to read books with no pictures. Are you telling me that there are books out there with more pictures than words sometimes? There are. There are are books out there, comic books, with uh, more pictures than words. And whoever told you that uh, you should stop reading pictures with books was wrong. Brian, you've changed my life today already. We could probably stop the interview now, and I think we could all go away happy. But uh, I know Gio and Jim want me to ask some more questions, so let me see what I got here, all right? Fire away. Okay. um, Oh, yeah. Hey, what is your favorite thing about reading comics? My favorite thing about reading comics is seeing the different types of art and storytelling that are out there. To see the story come alive in pictures and color, sometimes even black and white, but the the vividness, I think, of the of the comic book is what's what makes it so much fun. Hey man, so I was saying I don't know a lot about comics, but I do love jazz. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about seeing things in different colors and the vividness and the different styles, I totally dig what you're saying, man. I get that. I, I bet. Yeah, you look like a jazz man. I, yeah, hey, thanks. I grew that soul patch just, just so people would think that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when I'm listening to records, I, I feel the same thing. And actually, that makes me think, so like, when you get a new comic that you're going to read for the first time, do you like, do you have a ritual or like a tradition? Do you go to a spot and say, hey, nobody bother me. I got to I gotta get into this new book. You know, I, I can pretty much read a comic book anywhere, but my favorite place is to kind of curl up on the couch and yeah. block out the rest of the world around me and dive in. Wow, man, I totally, I, I'm on the same page. I get my headphones on. And I just sit there, and then I just, I, then it's all gone. I'm just somewhere else. <laughs> wow. Hey, I don't, if you, if you, if I came into your store and I said, hey, I don't know what these books are about, but I like jazz, could you help me out? I totally could. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, and that's one of the fun things about having the store is being able to introduce people who have never read a comic book before to something new. Whoa. Yeah, and if you know what they like and you kind of ask them and get to know them a little bit, you can steer them in the right direction because I feel there's a comic book out there for everybody. 
Yeah, I like to hear that. I feel the same way about my record collection. You ever want to come over? I'd probably find a record for you. You know what I'm saying? I'd love to hear it. Yeah. Yeah, you have any Dizzy Gillespie? Uh, yeah, I got some Dizzy Gillespie. Nice. Yeah, I got Dizzy Gillespie and then uh, Sonny Stitz on there, Sonny Rollins, and you hear the three of them, and then Dizzy sings on that last thing. Oh, man, it'll make you so happy. Excellent. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll check that out maybe later. Comics, a lot of it is about, like, superheroes, maybe. I don't know. That's the, that's the reputation. Comics have a reputation for being about superheroes and such. Um, you you want to speak to that? Yeah, you know, superheroes are definitely a big part of comic books, but they're not all there is to comic books. People think, oh, comic books are just for kids. It's about superheroes beating up bad guys, and that's not for me. But there's not. There's a lot of historical mm. comic books out there. There's a lot of fantasy books. There's even some real world and, you know, different types of comic books for everybody. Science fiction, yeah. uh, fantasy, uh, real war stories, whatever your interest is, I know there's a comic book out there for you. Well, one thing I was thinking about was if uh, if you have a store and you got to get comic books, then you have to know a lot about comics, right? And then you're going to have to research a bunch of comic books and make sure you know who's writing, who's drawing, when they're coming out, and then you're going to have to order some books, and then somebody's going to come down and want a book you don't have, and then you're going to have to order that book, and then you're going to have to clean the store, and then the order's going to come in, you're going to have to file. And then I was thinking that maybe sometimes after you close up the shop, you got to go and find, like, a cave or a laboratory, and then you got to get to work, you know, like making your phone calls and uh, getting the order set and getting it all together, and then... Um, and then you make it all happen. Does that sound familiar? That sounds very familiar. That's that's kind of a day in the life of a, of a comic book store. Owner. Okay, now check this out, right? So you're like down in your cave, right? Mm -hmm. And you're doing all the all the crazy work, the secret work that nobody knows about. And then you get all that stuff into your shop, and it's like, hey, how'd that even happen? It's kind of like magic, and it's kind of like, uh, like you're like a superhero. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Yeah, like, like supporting the imagination of Petaluma on the sly, you know what I mean? You know, it's like Christmas for me every week when I get new comics in. I open the box and there's a whole world of imagination just waiting to pour out of it. Wow, yeah, and then that, that spills over to us, which is real cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and when I see something new and I see something I'm excited about, I love to share it with the people every week. Man, I feel the same way when I get a new record. Hey... But I, I could really dig this like vibe that you're on about all like how excited you are about your stuff, man. That's really cool. Yeah, it's, it's great, man. I just have one more question for you, and this is not really on the topic of comics. Sure thing. There's another thing that's very important to me. Uh, I like jazz, mm -hmm. but I hate trolls, Brian. I don't know if you knew that about mm -hmm. me. I didn't. Well, uh, you may not know, but Petaluma has historically had a very serious troll problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I noticed that your shop is, like, underground, like a layer, you know? It is. It is. We are, we are definitely underground. I call it, I call it the Batcave. That's, that's, that's very cool. Have you ever had any problems with trolls? Not that I can speak of, you know? I, I feel like my walls are pretty fortified and uh, the doors seal pretty well, so yeah. I haven't had troll problems yet. That's good. Hey, you just keep your eyes open, man, because, like, nobody else has seen them. But uh, I'm pretty convinced, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a good point, you know. You never know what you can run into underground. Yeah, hey, if you ever want me to come in and do a spot check for you, I could do that because I'm, I'm pretty good at troll detection. You'd do that for me? Yeah, I would. Oh, that'd be awesome. In a heartbeat, man.
That'd be, that'd be awesome because that's something I never even thought about. Well, think about it every day, you know. Safety first, man. Definitely. All right. Um, Brian, I have no other questions for you. You've been quite a gentleman, and uh, I feel very enlightened as to comics, and I can't wait to go pick one up and open it up, you know? Well, yeah, definitely. Come on down. Hey, thanks for talking to me. My pleasure. I have a question for you. Fire away. What's your favorite jazz instrument? My favorite jazz instrument is the tenor saxophone, and Sonny Rollins is the greatest tenor saxophone player of all time, period. Nice. Yes. Yeah. I approve of that message. All right. Thanks very much for asking me that. Any chance I get to plug that, I am stoked. Awesome. All right. Well, hey, Gio and Jen back in the newsroom. We're going to take this back to you, okay? See you, Brian. Take care. Adios. So Blue, doesn't, Blue, of course, doesn't know that this time that I'm airing his recording, Jenny's not here. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Stella. Hi, Amy. Hope you guys are doing good. Probably playing in sprinklers or something. I don't know. It's summertime. Um, we're going to get back to the Mission Impossible. We're going to get to part two, see what happened. What is going to happen to poor Penny and Linguini being led down this tunnel by a goons? Anytime goons are involved, you guys, there's trouble. All right, so uh, I do want to preface this next episode of saying that we, we called in a lot of help in order to get some real fun voices and some other characters in for our Mission Impossible. So we had our good buddy Josh Windmiller doing the voice of um, Don Spaghetti. And then my brother Mike and his kids Dante Marina, Valentino, and Nico were our goons. And uh, I think I think you'll be able to enjoy a lot of that coming right up here. Here we go. <laughs> Back to Postopolis, that city of wonderful sights, smells, and tastes, where, under the surface of tasty noodles and delicious sauces, two agents are fighting for good and for justice for all of Pasta County. When last we left Agents Ben and Linguini, they were, quite literally, under the surface of Postopolis. They had once again fallen into the devious clutches of Don's spaghetti, this time in his foul factory of fake olive oil. Large and surly goons were even now escorting our tied and bound agents down the winding secret passages to the factory. Will our agents be able to escape from the Don's evil trap? Will they be boiled down and sold as fake olive oil? Will undercover agents Farfalle and Capellini come to their aid? Find out in this week's stirring conclusion of Mission Impossible. That's a spicy meatball.
I am so hungry. We didn't even get to eat the appetizer. The last thing I ate was that lasagna message from last week's episode. Oh, my God. You bet. That's the last thing you ate. I can still smell the garlic from here. Hey, I'll say quit that jibber-jabber. I bought just once a peaceful walk of some fired-up business to a terrible oily dude. Jump on it would send the alarm up to Agent Farfalli and Capolini. I know. I'd jump it up if I could, but I can't reach it. We're tied up, remember? I know, I know. But your plan is so amazingly terrible that I think we can get some help from these goons. Follow me? Yeah, yeah, I think I see what you mean. Good thinking, Penny. I have now asked you two times to quit your blabbing. One time was in last week's episode, in case you're counting and you forgot about that time. If you don't listen, I will be forced to roughly ask you again with my big goon fists. Well, how horrible of us. I'm awfully sorry, guys. Oh, my terrible aching nose hairs. That is the worst garlic breath I've ever smelled. Ever. If only someone would shove a breath into his mouth, then we could all be marched to our doom in peace and quiet and sweet minty smells. You know, I have a mint here in my pocket. For the sake of all things bright and beautiful, eat that mint, you garlic freaking monster. We can't reach it. And you wound tied us up very tightly. Well, I ain't gonna fall for that trick. You is staying tied up. But I'll shove the mint into that stinky, stinky mouth if you promise to chop it up right away. I run. Oh, boy. My eyes are burning from your bowels. Keep that garlic spew and sense it all over mouth folks until I get that mitten to it. Okay. Here it is. In your pocket. And unwrap and there. Down the hatch. Now, chop it up good. Ah. Spearmint. My favorite of all the mint family. A deal is a deal. No more talking. Just a nice, peaceful, minty-scented march to your doom now. Okay? Uh, uh, don't even say okay. Just just nod. Okay. Good nodding. Now march. Thanks to Penny's quick thinking and Linguini's terrible breath, an alarm begins to flash on the watches of undercover agents Farfalle and Capolini, currently working as waitresses in mind. The rest of the Something must have gone wrong with Penny and the Green. We got to help them. Good thing it's time for a break right now. Right, let's go. You can use the secret elevator and back up the 
in a flash, our undercover agents have traded in their waitressing aprons for their Mission Impossible agent utility belts. Ready for action, they sprint through the kitchen and duck into the secret elevator behind the coat rack. They push the button marked SOF for secret oil factory, and the elevator begins its long descent. Meanwhile, our tied-up agents have reached the secret oil factory, and they've also reached a very full and content-looking Don Spaghetti. Don Spaghetti! I have to know, how was the result of again? It was open. Which is to say, now please, agents, please, come and see the majesty and wonder that is my delicious olive But it's not even made with olives. Look at those piles of leftover garbage and old kitchen rags. No, look at the large and bubbly melting pot. I keep it a warm and toasty one million degrees. Sure thing, boss. I am waiting for my tiramisu and espresso to come to my table upstairs. If you please excuse me. Agents, my dessert awaits. I'll very much enjoy dressing my salad with you. <laughs> Dastardly villain makes his way up the secret passageway back to the restaurant while his goons march our struggling and protesting heroes towards the large steaming milk. Suddenly, with a ding and a gentle opening of elevator doors, Agents Farfalle and Capolini arrive. Stop one more step. More agents? This is not good. You're better. Don't you look like trouble. Other than small. Let's get Agents Farfalle and Cavallini are a dazzling display of agent training. Their whirling kicks, their twirling punches, their throws and spins and rolls are a wonder to behold. In no time at all, the goons are tied up and groaning on the floor, and agents Penne and Linguini are free. Wow! You guys are incredible! Thanks for saving the day. You're welcome. Sorry we're in time to get out again. Hey, maybe we are in time to get down spaghetti. He went up the passage when you came down the elevator. If we hurry, we might still be able to catch him having his dessert. Linguini, you go with Kathleen. Bafale and I will stay here, shut down the oil factory, and call in to headquarters. Linguini and Capolini rush back up the secret elevator and burst through the kitchen into the restaurant's dining hall. They race around, shocked and frightened tables of elegantly dressed diners to Don Spaghetti's corner table only to discover... Rats and rats, not here. Mm-hmm. 
Great work, Capolini. We were just fast enough that Don Spaghetti had to leave before he finished his tiramisu. It's delicious. You gotta try some. Come on over here. Manja, manja, so good. Much later, after closing down the secret oil factory, arresting some tied-up goons, and doing loads and loads of Mission Impossible agent paperwork, our four weary agents finally sit down at a table in the restaurant. I'm glad the restaurant stay open. I'm glad the chef said he'd stay late and cook us dinner. And I am super glad that the chef said he'd stay late and cook us dinner. Look at Don Spaghetti slip through our fingers again. What a slippery noodle. I didn't know what you like, so I just made everything on the menu. Thank you so much for cleaning those ragazzas at my trattoria. Trattoria means rest. Grazie, chef. And that means thank you. Oh, we got everything on the menu, just like you promised, Penny. Now, come on, everyone. Come on, manja. That means eat. Let's eat. Manja! Now, everybody, let's dig in. And so our heroes enjoy an enormous, delicious, and very well-deserved dinner. The foul and loathsome fake oil factory is closed, and the goons are behind bars. Don Spaghetti has been thwarted from his evil ways yet again. All is quiet for now. But our daring agents remain ever alert, ever ready, ever watchful for another message, another mission, another mission impossible. Gentlemen, I'm just so glad that uh, Agents Penn and Linguini, they're okay. Thanks, Capolini and Farfalle for saving the day yet again. Here's a little fun Italian fact, ladies and gentlemen. Did you know that the names of the uh, different pastas actually translate to very interesting things? You ever had Capolini pasta or angel hair? Capello is a hair. Capelli is lots of hair. Capolini is tiny little lots of hairs. And Farfalle means butterfly. We usually call it bow tie pasta around the United States of America, but in uh, Italy, farfalle is butterfly pasta. I think it is so beautiful. Um, we have one more segment today before we're going to wrap things up, and it's going to be a story. And the story hails from our podcast from Days of Yore. Uh, every once in a while, the kids and I would uh, just go down into the, the music room and do some recording and tell stories. And the way that these stories work is we just turn on the microphone and then we just start going. You know, the way that all you parents out there know that stories have to happen when you're on the long car drive or when it's nap time or when it's bedtime. Sometimes you just got to start telling a story. Sometimes they're great. Sometimes, you know, sometimes they need a little bit of work. But if you guys out there have stories that you've told, if you guys have good ideas for stories that you want to do, if you record yourself telling a story and would like to share it with the world, well, let us help you, why don't you? Um, send us an email, mail at benedettiville.com. You can even send us uh, real old-fashioned letters. We love getting letters. And you can send that to P.O. Box 336 at the Mail Depot 
here in Petaluma, California, P.O. Box 336, 40 on 4th Street in Petaluma, 94952. All right, so we're going to get to this next story, and this story is a story um, told several years ago, so you'll hear a very much younger Stella and Emmeline. And without further ado, let's find out what's happening here in uh, podcast land. I got Stella and Emmy here in the office with me, and I think we are about to tell a story. Emmy, are you ready for story? Yeah. Yeah. Stella, you ready to? All right. Then yeah. let's tell some stories. Papa needs to tell the story, and then we will, um... Yeah, I'll add in little parts, but we're basically going to be the listeners. I get better when we're all storytellers together. So, like, if I say something like, Once upon a time, there were two girls named... Stella. And... Pooterpants. What? You know, the girls named Pooterpants. That's a weird name. I think the other girl should be named something else, something that rhymes with Jemmy. Emmy. Le- yeah, that's a great name. Okay, so there's a girl named Stella and a girl named Emmy. Yeah. And they have a mama and a papa. So that is named Theo Benedetti. I think this is having to be called Mama and Papa. Sure. But for now, we'll just have them be called Mama and Papa. Because the story is really going to be more about two girls named... Name? Emmy and who? Stella. You're right, Emmy and Stella. So this story is about Emmy and Stella. And one day, their mama and papa were thinking that it was time to go to the grocery store. That's a pretty, that's not a really exciting thing. Sometimes it can be fun, but it's not like a special thing. And so Stella and Emmy were not really excited. And the mama and the papa said, all right, let's load up. We're going to the grocery store. And the kids weren't excited. So then the mom and the papa tried to make it exciting. They said, come on, don't you want to get some avocados? And Emmy said... Yes. I don't like avocados. And Stella said, I do like avocados. And he said, okay, well, we'll get just a few then. And then they tried to make grocery store even more exciting. They said, do you guys want to get some lettuce for salad? And Emmy said, what'd you say? She said, yes! Because she likes salads, but Stella said, no, I don't like salads! No, I said, only if there's avocado in salad. And we were already going to get avocado, so that was going to work out. And, but the kids still weren't very excited to go to the grocery store. So then Mom and Papa said, would you like to get a Granola. hippopotamus? And Emmy and Stella thought that Mom and Papa were joking. And so Emmy said, yeah, I want a hippo. And Stella, because she thought they were joking, said, yeah, let's get a hippo. And then Mom and Papa looked at each other and they said, ooh, we're going to need a bigger car. So they went out in the front yard, and they looked at their two little cars in the front yard. They said, these are not going to be big enough. So they dialed the number. Hello, yes, we'd like to order uh, one of your biggest trucks that you have just for today. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, will that be big enough for a hippo? Uh Uh-huh. And Stella and Emmy still thought that Mom and Papa were joking, so they said, this is weird. And then 
all of a sudden, what pulled up outside their house? A huge truck. A huge truck. And the guy got out and he said, okay, here you go. And he gave him the keys. And then mom and papa jumped in and they put the car seats in. They said, all right, let's go to the grocery store. And now Emmy and Stella were getting a little bit curious. They said, um, okay, this is kind of weird. And they went off down to the store. And they pulled up in front of the store in the big loading dock because that's how big their truck was. And they went into the store and they got a few avocados and they got some lettuce. And then they went up to one of the people at the store. They said, yeah, um, we were here. We were going to buy a hippopotamus today. And the person at the store said, oh, right this way. And Emmy and Stella looked at each other and they said, huh? Hippopotamus? <laughs> and, and they went through the back and then they went up some stairs and then they went through a tunnel and then they opened three more doors and then down a tunnel, down some more stairs, through some winding hallways and then they popped out and there were all sorts of animals all over and it was like a giant field with trees and it was like a whole, not even like a zoo because even at a zoo there's like cages. This was just like a wild and free land and the person who had guided them there said, Hippo, somebody's here for you. And the ground started to shake. Rumble, rumble, rumble. And mom and papa got a little bit nervous. And still, and then we looked at each other. He's like, "What's going on?" And then there was a big cloud of dust on the horizon. Shake it, shake it, shake it. And then a big hippo stopped right in front of them. Um, yes, hello. No, it didn't talk like that. Oh, how did it talk? It talked like this. That's how the hippo talked. How about it talk like that? And then, how did it talk? Did it talk with words? Can we have it talk with words? How about it said this? Nice to meet you. Perfect. Yes, yeah, Stella can be the voice of the hippo. But Stella can be the voice, but Stella will just do this. Nice to meet you. What should it do? Should it go? Why, hello there. I'm a hippopotamus. Should it talk at all? Should the hippo even be there? Should the hippo turn into a cupcake? And then you yeah. Can yeah. How about we buy a cheetah? Then we can ride it and go super fast somewhere. Wait, 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 wait. I want my own. Papa is telling the story, and nobody's getting their own cheetah in the story. So far, here's how the story goes. We go into the crazy secret place in the grocery store, and they bring a giant hippo that can talk. And the hippo comes out and says, Hello, I am a hippopotamus. Did you want to take me home today? And Papa and Mom looked at the kids and said, Well, yeah, they said they said yes. We didn't think they were going to say yes about the hippo, but they did. So, uh, yeah, we have the truck outside. Let's, let's go. The hippo said, I hope you have a big pond full of water for me. They said, Ooh. No, we can make one. We'll dig. We have some shovels. Ooh, very good. And uh, for dinner, I like to eat uh, risotto and pasta and every once in a while a burrito. Will that work? Yes. Yeah, that'll work. We, we'll, we eat all that stuff at home. So uh, it should work out great. Oh, uh, yes, very good. Okay, well, um, let me just get my things. And the hippo went and it got a big duffel bag full of hippo stuff and it slung it on its back and it... Boom, 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 boom. We went all the way back through the hallways, through the secret doors, through, up, down the stairs, and then we went right out onto the loading dock, and that hippo crawled right into the back of our giant truck, and it creaked. I think... It was so heavy, that whole truck went... Creakity creak. I think the hippo was like, because I think it might have been waiting for someone to...
Get it. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like just bored out there in the little yeah. fields and stuff. It was really excited. So, and all, all the way home, there was a little door that opened up between the back of the truck and the front. And we uh, we got to talk to the hippo. And the hippo said, "Do you have any other animals in your house?" And yes, we have a dog and chickens. Oh, very good. And I said, "Oh, and we also have a cat. He's kind of a he's kind of a rowdy cat. So watch out for that guy." Oh, that's very good. What is your dog's name, little girl? Kayla. And what are your chickens named? Lacey. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, is the lacy chicken a black and white little chicken? Yeah. Does it go around and go, bawk, bawk, everyone? Yeah. I know that. Oh, that will be very good to see my friend Lacey again. And I guess the hippo had known the chicken. I don't know how it all happened. Maybe... The mama and the papa had gotten the chicken from the same place earlier. Who knows? But we pulled up back to the house. The hippo got right out, lumbered into the backyard, said, Oh, this is where I think my pool should be. And then mama and papa got shovels, and Emmy and Stella got little shovels, and they dug, 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 and they dug all day until it was just about nighttime. And finally, there was a hole big enough for the hippo to go into. He said, Okay, I'm going to start wallowing about. Put some water in here. So we opened up the hose and we and that hippo had so much fun just rolling around, splashing around in the water. And then the water got soaked up by the dirt. A lot of it did, but we just had to keep filling it until it like ended up being a little pool. And then we had a little pool in the backyard. It was very muddy and it was full of like hippo stuff. And that's how that's how we had ended up with a hippo. So if anybody wants to meet our hippo um, or help us name our hippo. I guess our hippo should have a name. How about the hippo is called Fitzgerald? No. How about the hippo is named Rutabaga? What about Pooter? What if there was a hippo whose name was Horse? Or if the hippo's name was actually Water Buffalo or Cow? How silly would that be? A Cow Cow. Cow Cow the Hippo? No. That would be kind of cool. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, so I guess the moral of the story is um, grocery, sh- grocery shopping can be pretty fun. That's the moral of that story. Okay, everybody say goodbye to the podcast. Bye, podcast. Bye, podcast. Bye, hippo. Bye, hippo. There are these little gems that show up in these stories that... Uh, uh, you kids listening, maybe can appreciate, but you parents, I mean, I'm going to, when I, when my kids move away to college, I'm just going to have on repeat some of these little voice excerpts from Stella and Emmy's um, <laughs> from their storytelling, and Jenny and I will just be pottering about the house with our little cups of coffee and our bathrobes, being like, oh, do you remember when Emmy was tiny and she said goodbye, hippo? Oh, wasn't that great? And remember when Stella used to say pooter pants for the day? That's, uh, that's flash forward, I don't know, five, ten years? Who knows? Um, ladies and gentlemen, we have really enjoyed uh, our time here today, and I want to thank you all so much for, um, for joining us. And that music means it's the end of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we made it. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next week right here on KPCA 103.3 FM, streaming live on the net, kpca.fm. Benedettiville is Geo, Jen, Stella, and Emmeline Benedetti. 
And all the stories and silliness in the episode were co-created by Benedettiville. Special thanks this episode to our guests and contributing voices, Mike, Marina, Dante, Valentino, and Nico Benedetti, and of course, Brian of Brian's Comics. Also, thanks to that grocery store hippo, Cow Cow the Hippo, in our backyard. It's a lot to take care of. It's a big responsibility, but um, it works out great. Thanks always to Rob, Jared, and John down here at PCA for putting all the radio stuff together. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Butter, and um, we actually didn't get to Magic Beans. Magic Beans was going to be a sponsor. Sorry, maybe next time, buddy. Drop us a line anytime, folks. Mail at benedettiville.com. We'd love to hear what's going on with you, your stories. We'd love some dragon drawings. Send us some dragon drawings, please. We have a P.O. Box 336 at the Mail Depot. That's P.O. Box 336-40 on 4th Street in Petaluma, California, 94952. We really do look forward to hearing from you guys. Take care, and we will see you next week.